to another episode from the Stands Podcast. An exciting week. We got the the release of the college football rankings, the first one of the year, and uh, some shakeups in the top 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 five, especially at the one spot that we've kind of all um, kind of guessed and and uh, talked about and discussed the last few weeks about who who possibly might jump Georgia um, if that were to happen. Um, we'll get into that here in a minute. First off, let's uh, let's run into our uh, picks. Who, who's there's a there's a new um, leader in the standings for our top twenty five picks. Um, sad to say. So, with that being said, I'll, let, I'll give the floor to Jacob and let him tell all. I'll sit here in sadness. Oh, you want me to go ahead and start celebrating already? I thought Clint was going to say him. Well, Clint, <laughs> Clint doesn't need it. me and Clint are both not celebrating. So I was gonna, but either way, whoever go ahead, got Clint. it. I need someone else to say it. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no pats on the bat this this time. All right. Well, without further ado, then the new leader is Jacob. Obviously, had a ten and nine week, so you know, okay week. Uh, but JC slipped up with a seven and twelve week. So Jacob oh. able to come up and take the outright lead at eighty five and seventy one. One game back, being JC. JC needs a. It's a good week this week. Don't let this got, momentum get good, away. Yeah, I got a good feeling. I got a good feeling. <laughs> how, how do you feel about that one, Jacob? You, you've been you've been creeping, and then yeah, that's basically what it's been. It's just been slowly. I feel like for the past four weeks, just taking two or three games here, and it's just kind of slowly been creeping back. And I'll I'll take it if I can keep this pace. Then we'll see where we can end up at the end of the year. Mm. Just enjoy it. Enjoy it while you have it. Yeah, well, I'm just going to watch from like 27th place, watching like the first and second dudes duke it out. Um, I was going to say, now that I'm here, do y'all boys want to do like a trophy for this? Or <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I was going to say, of all the little side bets we made, we haven't even like figured out the the winner Ooh. or punishment for this yet. So that's something we still gotta, we've still we been saying we're going to work on it forever. Yeah, well, I'm scared <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah. Last place, second place, you're safe. First place, you get something. Last place, you're one of those you got to be in a waffle house for 24 hours and every waffle you eat knocks off an hour one of those things <laughs> oh <laughs> no maybe not that extreme i had a pretty good week i actually thought i was going to win the week at 11 and 8 uh and then i look over on the little spreadsheet we got and also see that gavin uh my son also went 11 and 8 11 and 8 and that would have been my first outright win of the week and of course he couldn't let me have that um uh, so but good news is i'm at 500 now at 78 and 78 so listen hey i'm not i'm not where you guys are but it's it's the little things in life the, the small wins i'll, I'll take that <laughs> yeah uh, so you went seven games back you, give or take uh sure you know when you're that far back you stop counting but um i am two back from gavin now if i lose the my son <laughs> this for, throughout the whole year uh, th- that's probably going to be a problem in in the Killian household. So um, he's definitely getting ice cream for sure. At least, oh I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I, mean, I think I'll, he's getting ice cream just for how he's done so far. Like I didn't expect him to be that's true this good into it. So it, yeah, and of course he's not even trying. So I'm sitting here like looking at this stuff, stressing and because uh, yeah. Uh, but, so yeah. just to recap, so I'm 85 when you're at 78. Yeah, like that's not too far of a gap. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's not that yeah. bad. No, but the way I've been picking, yeah, it's it's gonna be hard to catch that. So. We don't have enough weeks, I don't, I don't believe. But uh, listen, I'm gonna give my well, we got my darnest. twenty games this week, so that's this right. is the time. Yeah. That's when I go five and fifteen. <laughs> oh God! See that's see that's the thing don't now. Like it. creeping later in the season, five and fifteen is gonna right. do some damage. Yeah. Um. 
All right. Well, now that we got that figured out, we got uh, we got some work to do on that. But let's get into the the top twenty five. So something we've been anticipating for a long time, been waiting. Finally, the college football player released. I was happy they didn't waste a lot of time. I know I joked about it starting at seven, we won't see it till nine. Not the case. They they released the top five and then slowly went from there. But the big shakeup um, is Ohio State at number one, um, which I did see a graphic today. And if you look at the strength of schedule, I think Georgia is in the hundreds. And uh, I think Ohio State's sitting at like 15. So if you based off that, based off wins over Notre Dame and, and Penn State, I could see why they'd give them that. I think just from the eye test, we all agree they're not the best team in the nation. I think we probably feel Michigan might be. Just I know some conversations we've had <clears throat> kind of off air, if you will. But Ohio State's number one, Georgia's number two, Michigan at three, Florida State at four, and then Washington rounds out the top five. Um, is there is there anything in that top five? Obviously, we, we the Ohio State's the big one. Anything else in there that surprises you or that everything seems right? Ohio State's maybe the, the one that surprises the most. Uh, no, I mean, not necessarily. Um, I, I kind of thought they would do this with Ohio State just, be- just because of who they beat. They beat Notre Dame and Penn State. Um, right. So they have a little bit of better wins at the moment. But this is always what we say, I think, the first you know college football playoff rankings that come out every year. It's like, well, this is set up exactly how it should be almost in a way because of what they have coming up the next couple of weeks. Like Michigan, they could be upset at being, you know, third right now, beat eight and no. Like they should almost, like we talked about, deserve that number one spot. But they have it sitting right in front of them. If they beat Ohio State, they're going to be right there. So it's like frustrating that they're not there at the moment, but it's like, yep, it is set up for it to be done correctly in a way. Um, so, but other than that, everything looked pretty straight to me. It kind of looked like they just threw all the eight no teams in one hat and threw all the seven one teams in one hat and just kind of right. ranked them from there. So it, lo- it looks good to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, at the end of the last episode, Jacob, you brought it up. I, I honestly didn't think they would do this. Uh, obviously, you know, the playoff committee is different from the AP poll. These are the raising uh, the rankings that matter. This this playoff ranking. Um, it's. I am curious though, because obviously, what they're doing is they're putting a lot of weight into strength of schedule, right? Uh, but if that's the case, why is Michigan at three? Then should they be lower? Because Washington has a better win than any of Michigan's wins because they beat Oregon. Um, True. Uh, Texas beat Alabama. I get Texas seven to one, but still, they they beat a much better team than anything Michigan's played so far and i'm not saying michigan should be lower in my eyes i'm saying if that's what you're going to use as a metric use it across the board if you're saying street the schedule is what you're using um then at least make it have some parity throughout your your entire list here and i get it like it's almost impossible to have a perfect list everybody's gonna have an issue with it i don't really don't have that big of a problem like you said this is probably gonna work itself out anyway and it's not a bad starting point but if that's what the metric you're going to use and put that much weight in the street the schedule then then make it that way for each team. Don't don't pick and choose where you want to be like they have a good strength of schedule. And then for another team, be like, well, the eye test is a little bit better. Like you gotta right. kinda, you know, be even across the board. But other than that, no, I don't think there's too many big issues with this one. I do like the fact that they they have some people from the committee to actually come on ESPN and talk about why they made X and why they made Y decision. Um, it's funny you say that about the strength of schedule because obviously it's more than that and obviously other things weigh into it, right? The eye test, um, how you beat a team or maybe is it a close loss? I wish we could almost get a like a graphic of what, what the weight is and maybe maybe that's mm-hmm. not fair. Maybe it needs to be um, more fluid than that, right? Do we gauge strength of schedule stronger than we do the eye test? Like 
and, and that's kind of when the analytics and I mean, but then again, that's kind of why you went away from the BCS as well, right? It was all computer, all analytics type things. We, there's got to be some um, human element to it, even though it seems like in every other thing, we're getting away from the human element with referees mm-hmm. and and reviews and strike sure. zones and all that stuff. So um, but I'm with you. I, I, this th- doesn't bother me, really. I mean, like I said, the Hossing Michigan is obviously going to figure itself out. Um, Georgia hasn't, I mean, they've beaten SEC teams, but like not got their test wise. coming up. Yeah. Yeah, and and they they got their test coming up, so they'll be fine. I, you still can't tell me they're not one of the five best teams in the nation, regardless of that. So right, I think it's a perfect little mix of of both eye test and strength schedule in a way, and they, they, it is right. kind of unfair to some teams. But like, Clint, I'll ask you this straight up: Do you think, based on eye test, do you think Michigan or Washington is better? Michigan, especially as of late, Washington's kind of why they're yeah. ahead of Washington. So I mean it it's a mixture of both. I, no, Washington I agree. Better, I agree with yeah. that point. I was just saying in my eyes, like you kind of have to have the balance and it seems like it's a little right. heavy on the on the uh the, the strength of schedule part. Like you say the same thing with Georgia. Gotcha. Who's Georgia played? Yeah. Uh, that's right. I mean, maybe Florida right. is their toughest opponent so far, so maybe Georgia should be lower. Now, maybe what happened was they actually did have both Georgia and Michigan lower, but they were like looking at their list. They were like, we can't have these two teams this low. Like, they're both undefeated. Georgia's back to back champs. Michigan is destroying everybody they're playing. And they might have just bumped them up, being like, we can't get like, <laughs> right. we'll have people riding in the streets if we have Georgia and Michigan at five and yeah. six or something. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, like, like I said, it's not like a big issue. It, it, it'll work itself right. out. Right. Well, the one and guy I think, that I that I saw, I was just going to say, was the I guess he was the president or AD of of NC State, and he was the one that was talking, and he was like, "Look, it's a new slate every week, so mm-hmm. who knows what next week's going to look like?" I don't, you know, I don't think it'll be crazy drastic, but it sounds like they're going to have a roundtable discussion each and every week, and so who knows what next week's going to look like? Yeah, yeah. I will say this one thing too. I really appreciate that uh, the people from the committee said. You know, when when asked about Michigan, was there any kind of bias there or anything based on recent stuff that's come out about him? He's like, nope, that's the NCAA problem to handle. Like they came out right away and said, mm-hmm. like, that's not our problem to handle. We're <laughs> going to judge them for the team they are this year, and heck, teams are going to play like Ohio State's probably already changed their signs, so they'll get a fresh slate in a way. So I'm glad they they went ahead and said, yeah, there's no bias here. We're just going to judge them for what it is this year. I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't see that. And that kind of worried me too. I'm like, well, I hope there's no like bias kind of towards that because yeah, it is the NCAA's problem. And honestly, like NCAA's got a lot of problems going on. And oh, yeah. that's why, I mean, that that's the whole reason we have the college football playoff and the whole reason we have Wild Wild West of NIL and teams leaving and not conference games mm-hmm. being, or conference games, you know, <clears throat> traveling coast to coast and all that nonsense. So let, let them figure it out. I'm with you guys. Yep. Well, let's let's get right into it. So, um, obviously now, now that we have the college football playoff, that's what we'll start using going forward. We we won't do the AP poll any longer. That's going to be a, <clears throat> that's going to be forgotten. So let's get right into it. So the new number one team in the nation, something we haven't said, Ohio state. So they're going to be taking on Rutgers at Rutgers. It's a noon kickoff. Ohio state opens up as 18 and a half point favorites. Um, I'll go ahead and start this one off. Rutgers is a pretty good team. Uh, Greg Shiano is the coach. Ohio State ties. Obviously, he was the coach at Rutgers years ago, and they kind of had their run. Um, I think 18 and a half doable for this Ohio State team, and I think them being the number one team, they're going to be motivated to prove it because obviously the talk is going to be you guys don't want to be number one. They're going to use whatever little bit of fuel they can, so give me Ohio State to cover the 18 and a half. I don't think it'll be much more than that 18, but give me that or the 18 and a half, but give me Ohio State to cover that one. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. At first, I was looking at this like, yeah, Rutgers is definitely having a better season than I anticipated. Uh, but especially now that Ohio State, uh, it kind of is it has that run game going. They got Henderson back, who had a big game last week uh, running the ball. Uh, I definitely think they'll be able to control this game for the most, if not all of it. So, yeah, give me give me Ohio State. And uh, like you said, probably won't be by much more than 18. With 18 and a half, you said? 18 and a half, yeah. Yes, uh, but I'll still I'll lay those points. Okay. Well, the stat that I had that will kind of back you all up is Rutgers lost to Wisconsin 24 to 13, but Wisconsin lost to Iowa 15 to 6. So do the transitive property. That's all you, Rutgers that's all you had to say. really sucks. But they're 6 and 2. Um, I will say, too, Mayan Williams, uh, kind of like the backup for Ohio State, the running back, he is out for the year. Um, he he went some kind of under some kind of procedure. Um, I didn't see what it was, but I saw that he's out for the year. He was their leading rusher when uh, Henderson's been out, so that that kind of can hurt them a little bit here. Um, but the thing is, for me, is Ohio State's four three one against the spread, but um, one two and one against the spread as an away team. Um, obviously, Ohio State will win this game. I think they'll shut down Rutgers offensively for whatever they have. But I, I kind of eighteen and a half is still a lot when it's when and like when I see that stat of one two and one against the spread on the road, I I may have to go with Rutgers here. Maybe like a backdoor kind of cover, but losing a backup running back and we'll see what they can do. But I'm gonna take Rutgers eighteen and a half. Oh, you're taking them. All right, there you yep. go. All right, time for me to jump back to that one spot. Hopefully, just kidding. Can't. Can't base it all off this one. We got, we got, we got, we got a lot more to go. Yeah, watch out, Gavin's oh. coming. There you go. Yeah, actually, that's who we're scared honestly, of. you know what? I might just start picking mascots too. So we got a whatever the hell a Buckeye is and a Scarlet Knight. Maybe Scarlet Knight might be the move that that yeah. one is. But, all right, uh, the now number two ranked team in the nation, Georgia. They're going to be hosting Missouri. That's a three thirty kick on CBS. Georgia opens up as fifteen and a half point favorites. Clint, I'll let you start on this one, bud. <laughs> Okay, so maybe we've talked about this throughout the year, how well Carson Beck has done kind of under the radar. Um, I do think Missouri schemes up their offense pretty well. Um, they do have a couple weapons, you know, wide receiver, but that's really about it. Brady Cook, he's been kind of hit or miss this year. He has some decent shiny spots and then some times where he hasn't looked near as good. Um, I'm, I'm a, how, many, how many points is it? Fifteen and a half. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Wait. Let me uh <laughs> rethink that. I misheard you. Fifteen and a half. All right. Well, now I was gonna go Georgia. I'll do it anyway. Um I I just don't can can Missouri's offense keep up with uh Georgia's offense? Georgia's gonna score. Um and against Georgia's defense, I just I don't know how how well Brady Cook's going to do against this defense. It's probably going to be one of the best they've played. I mean, it has to be probably the best they've played, right, as far as Missouri's team goes? As, as, far, as far as defense goes, I, I would right. say, yeah. Um, yeah, the way – I just don't see this uh, really playing out the way, you know, most people hope it would be in a close, tight game. Listen, Missouri was kept this close last year and almost beat them. Um, you know, Georgia's going to be thinking about that, plus the fact that – Georgia now has even more material to be fired up about that they the the, the playoff ranked them at number two, so right. 
Uh, that's the last thing you want to do is give a Georgia team that's back-to-back champs even more ammunition uh, to to reignite that flame that's you know going to help them carry through the rest of this this year and hopefully for them into the playoffs. So yeah, give me Georgia. Uh, I'll I'll lay the fifteen and a half. Okay, I'm actually going to go Missouri fifteen and a half. Um, did y'all know that Georgia's actually only had two actual away games so far this year? Um. I don't know how they got this schedule this year. Somebody was. I think that's why they they dropped them. Yeah, they dropped them because, and I mean, technically the Florida game was an away game. It was a neutral site game in Jacksonville, but they've only had two actual away games and they have not covered the spread in both of those games. And that was at Vandy and at Auburn. Now Auburn's been doing that to people all all year and and Vandy, they still won by 17. So it's unfair to kind of say that because Georgia's got these huge spreads, but um, 15 and a half against a really good Missouri team. I don't have to go very far to ask how good Missouri is. Y'all seen it. I know y'all had injuries and stuff, but um, I have to go Missouri uh, 15 and a half. Brady, Brady Cook's been good. And, and Georgia, even a home game I, like this one is for them. They're 2-5-1 against the spread this year. So they could reverse that, but I'm, I'm going to go Missouri. Look, I'm going to agree with you. I, like Clint said last year, Missouri uh, kept it pretty close. Brock, Brock Bowers had a big touch on there near the end of the game to close that one out. but. Last year's Georgia team was a lot better, especially up front defensively. And I don't think last year's Missouri team was as good as this one is. So Georgia is a little bit down. That's relatively speaking. Missouri's up this year, only lost one game in a shootout to LSU. That's why I think their offense can keep up with this Georgia offense. I think it's going to be Brady Cook's day. I think Luther Burden is going to absolutely go off. Um, I'm not saying upset, but I'm thinking that like if, if there's a time, this might be the, the, the game that Georgia needs to circle and not look ahead anywhere else because I think this offense in Missouri is, is more than capable of that. Again, just go back and look at the LSU game. But 15 and a half is a lot. I know it's at Georgia, um, but it, and it's a 330 kick. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm with you, Jacob. Give me Missouri to cover the 15 and a half. I think this will be a, a back and forth game. I, I need these. I need, I need some <laughs> of these. Do, I'm all in one, yeah. You did. There you go. I, mean, hey, I will I, say that the uh, – my bad. I was just going to say that the games are set up perfectly, like – Noon's a lot of good games. Three thirty, some good game. like yeah. We're gonna be true. able to catch all of them, which is good. Thank God. Um, well, not for really for me because I'm working that weekend. Awesome, but um, <laughs> the if this game and listen, I'm not confident about my pick. Like I get it, I get the whole dynamic between these two teams in the past few years and Mizzou playing them close. Had this this game been four or five weeks earlier this year, like this the spread's probably a lot closer. I, you yeah. know, I just think the way George has been playing the last few weeks that they kind of found their thing. And, um, yeah, I, don't know. And I bet if this game was in Missouri, it would probably be like a five, six point, maybe even less spread. Like, you know, playing in Missouri is a different animal. So, what wouldn't surprise yeah. me. All right. Well, early on, we already got some, uh, some games that are going to make some movement in the standings. Some fireworks. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Number three, Michigan hosting Purdue. You know, you can joke about sign steal, stealing all you want. I don't think Georgia even needs to play with both eyes open. They're going to easily roll Purdue. The spread's 32 and a half. Um, yeah, give me the Wolverines. Look, they got a lot of talk all week. Shout out to Harbaugh for being a PR master in his last press conference, just absolutely avoiding every single question possible. Um, so it was, it was actually pretty, pretty impressive the way he did it. So give me Michigan to easily cover the 32 and a half. What, what do you feel about that one, Jacob? Every time I see Purdue come up in these top 25 games, which, you know, has been whatever, I keep having to remind myself that Hudson Card is there. Um, the backup, uh, you know, the old quarterback at Texas is in Purdue. 
Um, he's had a decent season. Um, he's actually thrown for right around the same amount of yards as J.J. McCarthy has this year. But as we've stated, J.J. McCarthy hasn't played a fourth quarter yet, I don't think. Um, yeah, I think that's still intact. Yeah, that's still intact. So uh, this is a, a very large spread, but Michigan, um, they're coming off a bye, and Purdue has lost the last three. So, you know, Michigan is 1-3-1 and three and one against the spread at home, 4-3-1. Um, you know, this whole year's combined. So it, that kind of worries me a little bit because they hadn't obviously covered spreads at home. I don't know what that is, but um, this is one I think they're going to write the ship. 32 and a half is a lot, but I'll, I'll take Michigan. Mm. All right. Yeah, I'll do it too. I was going to go the other way just for, you know, trying to catch up, but that's silly. I'll, I'll pick them how I truly feel. Yeah, give me Michigan. Uh, lay, lay all the points. Um, dude, they're just... They're good, and uh, honestly, they're definitely on cruise control up until uh, you know the last game of the year, the big one against Ohio State. And even on cruise control, I think they'll have no problem um, covering the spread. Now, anything can happen, but you know, I'm not going to bet on any chaos in this game. So, give me UM. I like it, UM across the board. I think it seems like we've normally picked them across the board here for the most part, especially as of late. All right, moving on, Florida State. Traveling to Pitt, that's a 3.30 kick on ESPN. Florida State is favored at 21 and a half. They've been playing really good as of late. Jordan Travis is coming back, finally probably getting fully healthy. They've been looking pretty good. Clint, I'll start with you on this one. I still don't understand how Pete, or Pitt beat Louisville. <laughs> still blowing my mind. Just the one yeah, the longer thing. the season goes on, we were talking about it um, on last episode that we were kind of like dumbfounded by right. how that I all I think historically out. that's been a bad spot for Louisville, going to Pitt like that, but yeah, it's still... Kind of weird. Yeah, I think turnovers kind of hurt them to that game. Um, yeah, I, I get it's a lot of points, twenty one half. But if this that that game against uh, Louisville hadn't happened, I, I wouldn't even be questioning it. So, and I think that definitely was an outlier. Give me, give me Florida State twenty one and a half. You know they're they're sitting. Uh, where are they at in the rankings? Fourth. Four, right? Yeah. So they're obviously going to need to hold on and. Hope that the committee doesn't vote anybody behind them to to jump them. So they're still gonna be playing hard even against team like Pitt. Give me, give me uh, FSU to cover the spread. Yeah, honestly, obviously seeing that this is at Pitt, I think that's why the spread is that low. Quote, you know, it's not it's not like high or low. It's it's whatever. But I was honestly thinking more like twenty seven in this game because you saw what Notre Dame just did to Pitt and. uh that was 58-7. to seven. That's Notre Dame, and I think FSU was a better team than Notre Dame. They got a lot more weapons. You said that mul- multiple times, and when I was looking up against the spread numbers, too, this year, Pitt's 2-6, and six, and FSU is 6-2. and two. So give me, give me Florida State in this one. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think this is an easy one. Like you said, I think their offense is, is probably more put together than Notre Dame's is, and you saw what they did to them last week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, give me Florida State easily as well. All right, <clears throat> one of the bigger games, um, Pac-12 matchup. Washington traveling to USC. Washington come, coming in ranked number five. Southern Cal ranked number 20. That's a three-point spread Washington's way. I'm going to go Washington. Um, I think it'll actually be more than three. Um, look, USC's defense is just it, it's just not good, man. If they have a, a formidable defense, anything average, maybe I'd be talking different, but they've been struggling, so I think at some point they're going to they're gonna get back to to who they can be on offense, but right now the way the defense is playing, giving up forty nine to Cal last week, and, and and you made one two point conversion stop to win that game. I don't think they have enough in the tank to be able to compete with Penix and 
and this offense. And, and like we talked about, Washington's been down a little bit, and they've probably been feeling like people aren't giving them the respect either. So look for Penix to come out and uh, probably put a stamp on the fact that he's going to definitely finish higher than the Heisman standings than old Caleb Williams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let me, let me say, USC's played nine games, and Washington's played eight. And Penix has twenty nine hundred forty five yards, and Caleb Williams has twenty six forty six. Like he's got another game's worth of yards, and he's played one last game. That's that's wild in my mind when I saw that. Um, but yeah, this this like JC you nailed it. This USC defense they've given up forty nine. These are the last five games: forty nine, thirty four, forty eight, forty one, and forty one. Ouch! Yeah, that's crazy. That's not good at all. And plus. Uh, they're in freaking Los Angeles, and that's close enough to Vegas. And Vegas probably wants to freaking shoot them because they can't figure them out either. They're two and seven against the spread. Um, so, and I saw this number. I was the like, opinions yeah, I do Washington. not necessarily reflect the employer or the <laughs> exactly employee. I'm getting, supposed to be getting paid. Um, well, but Washington, not my I, when, I, when I saw it was you know minus three um, for for Washington, I thought it could be much more than that. I was thinking maybe seven eight. So I'm gonna take Washington to cover. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. Listen, USC can and does score a lot of points, but if you kind of look at this year, the the two teams that have really good defenses that they play, they didn't, uh, Notre Dame and Utah. So it, it seems like it, they, they're able to pick apart bad defenses, which they should, but when it comes to teams they play against that have decent defenses or really good defenses, uh, they, they kind of choke um, for whatever reason, and that that's Caleb Williams included, which is odd to say. So give me... Give me Washington. I'm not comfortable with this pick at all just because of the way Washington's been playing lately. I do think, though, that they, they kind of get it figured it out. USC. Uh, so, I'm trying to think. USC has one uh, Pac-12 loss, right? Yeah. This is almost like a must-have for them because they got Washington and they're at right. Oregon next week. Then they're home to UCLA. So, they have to win two of those three more than likely to have a chance. Yeah. And, and I don't think they're going to beat Oregon. So that does kind of scare me because obviously they're going to want that win. Uh, and they're at home. So I, I'm still going to stick with Washington. Um, and, you know, just hope that or assume they're going to get that, that their offense figured out. And that defense, their defense has been pretty good all year up until maybe last couple games. So, or maybe last game. Uh, give me Washington and I'll, I'll lay the, the short spread or I'll take the points. All right. Yeah. I, I definitely like that pick as well. All right. Um, where are we at? Oregon, Oregon, number six in the nation. They're hosting Cal. Dude, I keep forgetting that Oregon has lost one game, albeit to Washington. But Oregon to me is like Michigan. They've been maybe besides the Utah game, they've been I feel like they've been killing everybody. Their offense is so good. Um the spread's twenty four and a half. Um it's a lot of points, especially for a conference matchup. Cal, obviously we just talked about put forty nine, but who hasn't put forty on that USC defense? Jacob just gave us the whole rundown, every team they played, it seems like at least. Um, I think Oregon's offense is just too strong, man. So give me Oregon. I I say rather confidently to cover uh the twenty four and a half. Sorry, you can go ahead, man. Oh, it's all good. Uh, I was just gonna say, yeah, I, I'm confident with it too. Twenty four and a half is is nothing to this Oregon team, um, in my mind because of the defense they have and just nobody stopping Bo Nix. It seems like and. And yeah, like uh, JC may said the wrong team, but they killed Utah thirty-five to six. That was a very impressive win. Nobody. My goes bad. At would, Utah. What was their? I might have been thinking they played uh, West Virginia, gave up twenty-four points to them, or up West Virginia, Washington State. Um, but the Washington game was the one they gave up thirty-six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. You're right. You're right. 
Yeah, but they they trounced Utah, and we hadn't seen that done in a while, especially at Utah. So that that game is really important to how Oregon looks and just how you know good they actually are. Um, so this Cal defense is not good. Um, they only and this offense isn't good either. They only scored fourteen on Utah's defense. So mm-hmm. like it, when Cal's offense is playing a good defense, they're kind of you know like a deer in headlights. They they can't score a whole lot. So I think they're going to do the same thing with Oregon here, and Oregon will. We'll cover that. Yeah, I'm with you, boys. I'm, you know, I'm not going to overthink this too much. Um, pretty easy pick in my mind. Uh, yeah, Oregon scored a ton against USC. Or not Oregon, I'm sorry. Uh, Cal scored a ton against USC, but we already talked about USC having you know, a shadow of a defense right now. Um, yeah, give me give me Oregon. JC, you brought up the Washington game. Man, that game was so good. Uh, you know, almost when you want to go watch again, we talked about how, man, it should have went overtime just because it was that good. It came down to, like, almost pretty much the last team that had the ball. Uh, so, and, and they caught Washington when Washington played the best game of their lives that game. So, and they still almost won. Uh, so, yeah, obviously, uh, I'm pretty high on Oregon as well. Give me them to lay the big spread. I don't think this could be too much of an issue for them. There you go. Ducks across the board. All right, this next one. Um, to me, at least so far, probably one of the more tougher ones uh, to pick. Number seven, Texas, um, playing host to Kansas State. That spread is at four, I believe. Yes, yeah, four four yeah. point spread. I bet I was looking. I was looking elsewhere. Um, four point spread. Kansas State coming off of a forty one zero win over Houston, and the week before that, beating up on TCU forty one to three. So coming off two big wins, um, Texas obviously playing without Quinn Ewers. Still, Malik Murphy got the start. Um, last week versus BYU, and they handled business. So four point spread. It's a close one here. Um, I'm still gonna give it to Texas, man. I, I just think it's. Oh man, I just think uh, overall roster wise, I think they're just a better team. But I wouldn't be surprised if Kansas State makes us a close one at least going into the fourth quarter. And uh, Jacob, I'll start with you on this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Like Kansas State is just really, really hot right now. I think they've found something. Will Howard's kind of gotten in his groove a little bit and they've also had Avery Johnson. I don't know if y'all seen any of his highlights. That's the backup quarterback. Have y'all seen any of his highlights? Mm-mm. For He's like who? this for Avery Johnson, the backup for quarterback Ken- for Kansas State. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I have not. Yeah, y'all y'all need to look him up a little bit cuz he is an athlete, dude. He Yes, sir. Fast as lightning and and he is he's He's the backup, and he doesn't get a whole lot of playing time um, for his like passing, at least. But he had one game where he had 16 carries for 70 some yards, and he just looked electric. Um, so I think Kansas State's found something on offense, and I, I get it was TCU in Houston, but they're kind of rolling right now. Um, one four straight or three straight. I'm sorry. Um, I kind of think this is a bad spot for Texas. Um, they're at home, so it's not a bad literal spot, but like they still were without Quinn Ewers. Um, so they got still a backup who played pretty well last week, but he, you know, still a backup quarterback. And I think Kansas State being a little hot, I, I kind of think I'm gonna take Kansas State. I don't like the line of four. That's not a whole lot of leeway for it. But um, Kansas State's giving them troubles. It was a one score game last year, even though Texas has won the last, um, it's either five or six games against Kansas State. Um, last six, the last win that Kansas State had was 24-21 in 2016. So, um, th- there's always been a tight rivalry matchup, but I'm, I'm gonna take Kansas State to cover. Be a close one. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that train of thought. Of this is a tough spot for Texas. Listen, if if K State wins this one, it, it, the the, the uh, sorry, the Big Twelve is still 
kind of chaos and it, there's a chance that there'd be a two loss big 12 championship coming into the year um i do think though that with texas and malik murphy i think they held a lot back uh, because it was byu they're not good we know malik murphy can run and he didn't all game i think they that was intentional um you know with this game in mind coming up and uh, obviously the rest of the season coming up uh who knows when yours will be back if you will at all but I do think that's that that plays into this line a little bit, and with that, I'm, I'm probably going to take Texas. I, I think Malik Murphy's definitely going to have more of a presence running, especially with the fact that he did have, you know, one one of those bad interceptions last game. Well, how do you remedy that? Just let him run, and he's a yeah. big boy. He'll hold on to the football, <clears throat> and uh, I, I think that'll be enough to to cover this this short spread. So give me give me Texas. No, I mean, you know, I didn't look at it like that. I think that's a good point because we literally were talking about how much we thought his legs were going to play a part in that win. And like you said, he he literally had no mm. carries at all. He had the one yeah. on the stat yeah. sheet was a sack. Um, so yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me at all. You know, save it for a game that you're actually probably going going to need it. That's all a good right. point. Well, let's get to the big good point, biggest one of the weekend. Good point, Clint. <laughs> um, biggest game of the weekend. Good take, JC. Uh, just kidding. Game day is going to be there. In Tuscaloosa, no. number eight, Alabama hosting LSU, 745 kickoff. Alabama is three-point favorites. Like Jacob said in the past, I think when you look at college, maybe it's probably more even game. They'll give two or three to the home team. Um, I might have sent this to you guys, but I just want to uh, say it on here as well. Jaden Daniels is trying to become the first starting quarterback to beat Nick Saban in consecutive seasons since 1998 to 1999 seasons when Nick Saban was at Michigan State and Purdue's Drew Brees to beat him back-to-back seasons. So he has had no quarterback do this. Um, That's wild. So yeah, we'll, uh, so you're talking 20-plus years, and uh, he's faced some damn good quarterbacks and faced yeah. them multiple years in a row. I mean, going back to the, the more, the first one pops in my head is obviously when, when Manziel went in there as a freshman and beat him, and then the next year, Obviously, they, they figured that out. So, and there's been plenty more in the SEC throughout the years. So, we'll see. Three point spread, Clint. Who's your pick on this one, bud? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> you tell <laughs> me. I'm I, I, I appreciate the honesty. One, yeah. I mean, I I got mine. I got mine. But I was gonna I was gonna lean with no, you. No, no, no. I'll, I'll pick first. Um, this is. Oh man! Like you said, is it gonna happen twice in a row? I mean, I don't think. I don't think it's in Saban's DNA. I just don't think it's possible. I, he'll probably shoot players on the field before he lets the team beat them. Again, um, back to my again. previous statement about <laughs> yep. these statements do not necessarily reflect those. Thank you, everyone here. <laughs> yeah. Um. But this could be. We talked about Heisman stuff. We, you know, we talked about Michigan's quarterback, and, and we're talking about Marvin Hanson Jr. You know, Ohio State, and what it's going to take for them to get invites and or win. You got to have the big win. Um, this would be massive, especially this late in the year with Alabama starting to get, get in their groove. This could be a big moment for Jaden Daniels. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, he'll probably have a decent game, uh, but I'll still think he's played. I'll have to look back at the schedule, but most of what LSU's played so far against defensive-wise, um, Daniels has been able to kind of pick apart because they're just not all that great. Uh, Alabama's defense honestly is what saved him for the first half of this year, and obviously it's still good. And now they got Milrow kind of, kind of going now, and they've settled into what they're actually going to be this year. Give me, give me Alabama, 
I'm be sweating this out. I'm sure massive game. I don't think they lose to LSU twice in a row. Um, so yeah, give me give me Alabama. Okay, I've actually got LSU. I I know that y'all probably saw that coming because I still have them picked to to win the SEC and everything. Mm-hmm. But what scares me is this LSU defense, of course, um, because they can't stop a whole lot of people. But I think they're kind of coming around a little bit now. Um, they are. I think Bama's team <laughs> is as a team, um, but I don't know if Bama's offense can keep up with LSU's. You know, your LSU is going to score. Um, I just don't know if Bama can because uh, I, I kind of looked up a couple of stats about both offenses and everything. And Bama's offense is 127th in the nation in number of passes per game, so they don't throw the ball right. Jalen Milrow's been kind of hit or miss and they don't throw the ball very much so you think okay well bama's always been able to run the ball really good well they're only running for 3.7 yards per rush which is 90th in the nation so when i start looking at these things i'm like i don't know how they're going to go about keeping up with this lsu offense you know their defense is going to have to play one hell of a game um to make this close and not many people shut down Jaden daniels Mm -hmm. so i that's why i have to go lsu you're going to give me three points um, so LSU doesn't necessarily have to win the game. I, I think this is going to be a close game regardless. It always is, it seems like. Um, but you're giving me three points too with Jaden Daniels. I'm, I'm going to take that. Do it. And you make a good point. You make several good points. Cause I think if it gets in a shootout, then Milton's got to throw the ball more and that's not his strong suit. Um, the thing is Alabama starting to figure it out. Even with all those things you just told, you just said, I think Alabama's better coached. I think Saban's better um, in certain situational uh, aspects of the game. I think special teams, they're better. But records are meant to be broken. And I got this weird feeling oh, about this game oh, yeah. and about Jaden Daniels. <laughs> and I believe in Jaden Daniels more than I do Milrow. So give me LSU. Ooh, uh, LSU boy. Let's go. Okay. Actually, uh, give me LSU Louisiana. to win the game, to be honest. Hell yeah. Same here. So. Can I throw something else away? Maybe a question. <clears throat> Obviously, we know LSU's offense. We know we just talked about Jaden Daniels. Do they can score? I think they might be number one in the nation as far as scoring points uh, per game. Tell me the best defense LSU has played so far this year. I'll read them off. Florida State, Grambling, I guess Grambling State, uh, Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri, Auburn, and Army. Um, uh, maybe honestly, Auburn, Auburn or FSU. Aub- it's yeah, I was gonna say it's either Auburn or FSU. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll say Auburn out of those two, right? And that's not a great defense. Like out of all, no. uh, if you're going through, you know, three quarters of season, two thirds, three quarters of season, and the best defense you played is a rebuilding Auburn. I mean, they haven't really played tough defenses. Uh, you could argue Florida State maybe the toughest defense they played, but they lost. They lost uh, forty five to twenty four. Uh, against Florida State, so, so that's what that's what gets me worried. It's kind of why I went the Bama side, just because I think when uh, they do run to a defense, it's not going to be as easy to score. Uh, I could be wrong, obviously. Uh, you know, obviously Vegas is thinks it's going to be a close game as well. So if y'all could be right, I'm just I'm just hoping you're not. That's a very good point to bring up, though. Um, and now that you brought that up, I kind of want to say these too, um, because it seems like a lot of times back in the day, defense won these matchups a lot of times. Used to be, yeah, and it it yeah. used to be that way. Nick Saban was the person that did that all the time mm-hmm. but it seems like offense is winning lsu's got the number two ranked uh points per game 
Okay, in the nation, two, yeah. Uh, 43.9 and yards per game is 543 that's number one in the nation Bama's defense points per game 16.5 is 13th in the nation and yards per game is 306 that's 15th in the nation so like that strength on strength Bama used to be like top five in those categories all the time and they're not they're like 12 to 13 to 14 now so like it's like a little step back so this is going to be strength on strength so I'm this probably is the best game to watch this weekend honestly well, yeah, I mean, you, you guys remember, I think it was the, the year that they ended up playing for the national championship, but the regular season matchup, it was like game of the decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like 2012, and it was like a 6-3 to three game. Yeah. It was like <laughs> the final score, like very, very different uh, than, than, than it was then. So we'll actually get some, get some touchdowns, I'd imagine. Um, you would think. Yeah, so that one's actually start, slated to start at 745. They got Washington, USC uh, starting at 730. So they're trying to stagger some of these games a little bit. All right, this next one, um, I don't know what to do because you guys threw me off last week big time. And I picked Oklahoma to win. They did not. I need Oklahoma to lose um, again, but I don't know how I pick against them. But Oak State's been kind of rolling as, a, as of late. So number nine, Oklahoma, um, traveling to number 22, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma opens up at five and a half um, point favorites, the 330 kick. That's going to be on ABC. <clears throat> so, Jacob, how do you feel about this Oklahoma team? Coming off a uh, coming off a loss there versus Kansas, I think Kansas they got their best shot from Kansas um, and only lost thirty eight to thirty three. Um, Oklahoma's had their deficiencies a little bit here and there that that cost them that game. Um, and again, that was at Kansas too. So it was like the one off game. It's hard to go undefeated. So it's even some of the great teams of all time always end up losing one here or there. Um, and I think that was the one for Oklahoma this year. Um, possibly at least until the Big Twelve Championship. You mean you mean mind. one out of three? Maybe, maybe. I, just, I mean, they could lose the Big Twelve point. and then lose the bowl game. Does that count in y'all's little thing? Or no? Is that, did y'all make it where it ends the regular no, season? Okay. Right season? Okay. Um, but Oak State, yeah, they've been they've been flying around, dude. Um, this stat really surprised me, and nobody's heard of them. But um, their running back Ollie Golden or Gordon Ollie Gordon. Um, these, this is the list of the most rushing yards in the past two weeks. Um, Liberty was 724. Georgia Tech with 596. Cincinnati with 565. Boston College with 554. And then Ollie Gordon himself at 553. So I, that's, that's really surprising. I don't know if he'll be able to do that against this Oklahoma defense <clears throat> by any means, but shout out to Ollie Gordon. Um, We'll see what Mike Gundy's team can do, man. Alex Bowman, they got the spotlight. They got him at home. They, they've been rolling so far, so we'll see. They got one Big 12 loss. They're still in it. Like you said, Clint, Big 12 is a crazy, crazy place to be right now. So I'm going to actually probably go – Oklahoma's had a lot of one-score games. I'm going to go Oak State to cover, but Oklahoma to win. Yeah, that, so you're going to Oak State to cover, right? Yep. Yeah, I uh, – this one's kind of – I, I, I'm more iffy on this one than I am actually the LSU Alabama game as crazy as that sounds just because I'm not sure what Oklahoma we're going to see. Um, I, I, I think did OU play just the game of their lives against Texas and that was where they peaked? Uh, it's possible. And they've kind of showed lately that, you know, that something's going on. They're just not quite as sharp as they were, especially offensively. Defensively, I thought they would be a little bit better. Uh, they haven't really been all that great defensively since that Texas game as well. Um, so it's interesting. Um, 
problem is Oklahoma State is not good in the secondary. And you got Dilo Gabriel, who, yeah, he has a flaw too, uh, but still a pretty good quarterback. When you have him thrown against a knock his secondary, you can expect some some big plays to to happen throughout this game. Uh, but on the other hand, Oklahoma can't stop the run for nothing. And you just brought up uh, Gordon and how well he's been running lately. <clears throat> I'm actually going to go – I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote for chaos this game, I think. I think I'm going to go OK State and hope the, the, the Big 12 is set on fire this week. Um, I'm going to force myself, I think, to pick OK State. See, this is win wild. the game or just to cover – no, 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 just to cover, just to cover. Okay. I mean, it could win. This is wild. Spread's this not is... that crazy. But, um, about to say this man just bet against his own bet. Actually, let, let, I, I took it back. OU, <laughs> let's go. I don't care. It, like, uh, I'm not going to sit there. I was sitting there trying to talk myself about it. I can't do it. Oh, give me OU, and uh, I'll just reverse everything I just said. I'll leave the points. <laughs> Uno right, reverse let's card. go sooner. Yeah. Well, so this is the thing. You guys were doing the same thing. I have Oklahoma written down to cover. But I'm like literally as you guys are talking, I'm like brain just you know just slushy, just trying to figure out what's going on. I do have a question, and it, and it really has no bearing on this game. But how did Oklahoma State lose to South Alabama this year, thirty-three to seven? They couldn't get their shit together earlier this season. Like it just it just makes no sense because then they follow up that they lose back to back. So there are two losses back to back games. They lost to South Alabama, then to Iowa State, then they went on a run, beat Kansas State, beat Kansas, beat West Virginia, beat Cincinnati. They're figuring it out. Um. Well, Clint, your initial take was going to convince me maybe to take Oklahoma State with, hey, what what Oklahoma team are we getting? Because we don't know. If Oklahoma wins this game, it's going to be a close one. But I think if Oklahoma wins, they're going to win by more than five and a half. And I just have a little bit more confidence in Oklahoma as much as it doesn't make sense. This was honestly, if you guys both would have went Oak State, I might have flipped on it, but just because what happened last week can't happen again. <laughs> like I just, it just can't. I, I don't feel comfortable with it, but. I think Oklahoma is the better team. Let's see if they'll play that way. Yeah. Um, I almost I want just, to flip back, dude. I'm literally, it's chaos inside my brain tough. right now. Well, let's just I'm not move gonna, on. All right, yeah, me playing around Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to switch again. Hey, give me Oklahoma. Okay. <laughs> give me Oklahoma. Okay. The more I think about I'll, it. I'll stick with what I wrote down. The more I'm just melting in my seat. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, man. All right, I think this next one is a little a little easier to uh, to decide. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Jacob, I'll start with you on this next one. Number 10, Ole Miss hosting A&M. Ole Miss is three-point favorites. Surprise. I thought it'd be uh, closer to even maybe double digits just based on how A&M's look compared to how Ole Miss's look. Um, but give me your take on this. Are you surprised by the by the spread or is this right where it should be? Oh, no. I was, yeah, especially Ole Miss being home. I was really surprised by this. Um, we've seen what Ole Miss's offense can do this year. And Texas A&M, they can't score. I mean, they scored 30 against y'all, whatever. But they can't score, Mike. They're always in the 20s to low 30s. And Ole Miss is like pushing 50s a lot of the time, it seems like. Um, I really was surprised by this. I think it's an easy Ole Miss bet here. Um, just three. Is that what it is? Yeah, just three. Yeah, I'm just taking three. them to cover that easy in my mind, at least. Let's see what y'all think. I may change my mind <clears throat> like Clinton did. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'll give you one too. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm a pick old miss. Um, <laughs> if I, I get it, the the defense uh, maybe not be there. Almost a strong suit, but um, I do think that it, 
it's going to be enough to hold up against a not great Texas A&M offense. And I do think that Jackson Dart and this Holman's offense is going to be able to score. And at three points, yeah, uh, at home, give me give me that. I'll leave the three and take Ole Miss. So you can grab the yeah, I mean, any, Give me that. Any, anything yeah. can happen uh, in, the, in the West uh, there in the, in the SEC. But to me, I think this is a double-digit win for Ole Miss. Their offense is too good. And Max Johnson, the O-line, is not that great. Um, we tried to expose them early, but we couldn't because our secondary sucks. So, but regardless of that, yeah, give me Ole Miss easy win by ten points. All right, Penn State, number eleven in the country, traveling to Maryland, and that pretty good offense they have out there. Penn State's eight and a half point favorites. Clint, how do you feel about this one? How does uh, how does Penn State rebound? I mean. Are they? I know, I know they beat Indiana, but Indiana's not very good, um, and they almost lost Barely that game. Beat Indiana. That's what yeah, I was saying. Yeah. They they almost lost that game. Uh, this was after, of course, they they lost to uh, Ohio State. Uh, I don't think they've given up. They still have a lot to play for. Obviously, um, they they catch Michigan next week. Oh man, dude, they're just in the middle of it right now. This is a tough stretch of the season for them. Um, but I I don't think that they're gonna. Str- I mean. It may be kind of close for a lot of the game, but uh, I think Penn State will kind of get it figured out against this Maryland team. I, I know they can score some points at times, but give me give me Penn State. Um, they still have a lot to play for this year, and they need they need some momentum going into the Michigan game next week. So give me give me Penn State. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Um, eight and a half is not a whole lot to cover, but. Maryland's offense is good, but the biggest issue for me for Maryland is they lost to Northwestern last week. Like, nice. Yeah. Last time you said that, I picked the team we were talking about and it worked out well. Okay. Well, then there you go. And that's <laughs> off of a bye for Maryland. So that, that's not encouraging at all. And I know Northwestern actually, the past three games, have found like a new quarterback and they were playing a little bit better. And now they're four and four. <laughs> but um, that's uh, it's not encouraging. So I'm going to take Penn State to cover. Yeah, it won't be pretty. Um, they obviously got to play better than they did last week versus Indiana, but I think Penn State covers there as well. Nice. Well said. Nice. All right. <clears throat> Back to the ACC. Number 13 ranked Louisville coming off a huge win over Duke. That was last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, hosting Vatek, 330 kick. Louisville is nine and a half point favorites. ACC boy, what you got? <laughs> Sorry. This is kind of, it's not just one you can just, okay, Louisville right away. Because Virginia Tech has actually gotten a lot better so far this year. Um, they're 3-1 and one in the ACC, actually, which is sad to say because Clemson, I think, four. is like 0-4 or 1-4 or 1-something. They're they're pretty bad in the ACC. But, um, yeah, uh, this Virginia Tech team beat Syracuse, and then they beat Wake as well, um, and they beat beat Pitt. So, like, I – they're, like I said, they're playing a little bit better, but they haven't played anybody at Louisville besides uh, FSU um, yet. And Louisville just did that to Duke. Now that was with Riley Leonard Hurt, like you said, JC. So um, kind of interesting. But uh, the, I actually, I'm going to take Virginia Tech to cover. I think Louisville just will sneak by in this game. So I think, isn't this kind of like a look ahead game for Louisville? Don't they have like some bigger matches up, matchups coming up? They got Virginia, then they're. They got Miami and Kentucky, so maybe not. I guess Virginia is not really a look at game, but um, but yeah, I'm actually going to take Virginia to, Tech to I cover mean, here. Oh, beat North Carolina, and it should have beat Miami. 
that yep. that's Virginia that is. Oh yeah, they better not be looking ahead any further. Not past Virginia. <clears throat> either. Yeah, I was thinking about a different team, but I'll take him. Um, I'm a good Louisville, and to to be honest, it, it wasn't all that tough for me. Um, I, I get it. Virginia Tech's definitely been pe- playing better lately. Um, so it won't be necessarily an easy matchup, obviously. But uh, I was impressed, kind of how uh, Louisville responded. Uh, after that loss to Pitt and how they played against Duke. Um, yes, Riley Leonard hurt. He still played. I mean, for the most part, they still played a normal Duke team, uh, and they held them scoreless. And probably the, the, the strong suit or the, the strength of Duke is their defense, and Louisville showed they could score against that too. Uh, they were able to, Jeff Brom, that, that coach staff, they were able to regroup and kind of change their game plan from high-tempo stuff to more deliberate and uh, game management type stuff, uh, which was huge. Um, I talked last episode about how impressive I, I feel uh, they're doing uh, with with how they're making adjustments and stuff from, from week to week. So give me Louisville. Uh, I'll lay the, you said eight and a half? Eight and a half. Yep. Yeah. No, uh, I'm sorry. Nine and a half. Nine and sorry. Nine and a half. Oh, never mind. Not, uh, I can't do that. That's, that's too much. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I think it could be a, a, a 10 point game. Just give me, give me Louisville and uh, I'll lay the, the, the nine and a half. Yeah, it's what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And I think that, that Duke went even with Riley Leonard being hurt is impressive to shut that team out. Look, I think Louisville's got to be pretty grateful that the coaching staff that they have uh, with Jeff and Brad Brom, you know, are Louisville. Um, alumni because I think with them obviously being former players, which a lot of coaches are, but they're also young, so they, they know it. They're probably more in tune with some of these younger guys. Like you said, just them switching up from the up-tempo, maybe slow it down, you know, depending game by game or whatever the defense needs. I just think they're kind of in tune with that, and they're they're very relatable with the players and stuff. And I think they just, obviously with them both being players and, and them playing there, playing the quarterback position is a big deal. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, probably going to win coach of the year in the ACC, I would imagine, at this rate. So give me Louisville to cover as well. I'm kind of with you, Clint. I think it's going to be around a 10-point game. Virginia Tech's no slouch, but Louisville just keeps proving us wrong kind of week by week. So I'm going to take old Louisville in that one. All right, let's stick with the ACC. Well, kind of half ACC because Notre Dame just is ACC and all other things except for football. So number 15, Notre Dame, traveling to Clemson. It's a noon kickoff, ABC. Notre Dame opens up as three-point favorites. Look, obviously the talk recently is Clemson. It's Tyler from Spartanburg. It's that whole rant, <laughs> right? All that stuff. But in reality, talent-wise, Clemson still can hang with anybody. We talked right before the episode started about the games they have coming up to get ball eligible um, with Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and then South Carolina. It is quote-unquote bad as it seems. You guys are at 500. I get it. Um, I think this Notre Dame team can be beat. I mean, now the, the thing that scares me is you guys losing. If you guys would have won last week and Notre Dame wins by like 10 points, I'm probably leaning Clemson. But Notre Dame just had probably their best offensive output. I'll be a verse pit. I get that. But coming up, but being able to, to put the amount of points up that they did, they've already been tested this season. And you guys coming off that disappointing loss, I think it's going to be a field goal game. Um, you know how I feel about the special teams. <laughs> so I am going to pick Notre Dame to cover that three. I know it's at Clemson. Uh, which is a very tough environment to play. Noon game, I think, helps Notre Dame a little bit um, just because it's people are still kind of waking up out there. So I, I'll be honest, I, I'm not very conf- confident in it because I think if, if Clemson puts it together, they can win. But obviously, something's going on with the turnovers and the untimely 
uh, fumbles and things like that. And then obviously coming down to special teams. So give me Notre Dame in a close one, but but that three-point spread, I'm going to take them. Clint, I'll go to you first, and then we'll let Jacob wrap this one up. <laughs> yeah, and I'll ask Jacob, too, at the end of my little spiel here, and I don't have much uh, about the, what he, how he feels about that, but I know he texted briefly about it, but I kind of want to pick your brain about how you feel about just how Dabo's kind of conversed with the fan base this year and stuff like that. But before we get into that, I, I'm kind of with you, JC. I, and to me, it's not that difficult. I, this is down year for Clemson. For the first half of this year, I was kind of trying to like hold out hope that they can get it figured out. And most years they do, uh, even when they do start off slow. And it's just not the case this year. Listen, there's a Kate Club is not the dude. He's not a bad guy. Like he's not a bad quarterback, but he makes a, a lot of mental mistakes. He's he doesn't really learn from them. Uh, and this is crazy to say about a, a Clemson team that can't really. They don't have an elite quarterback when that's kind of what they have had for the better part of this past decade between you know Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and all that. Uh, yep. this, to say that Kate Clubman's your best option right now is weird to say about Clemson. I, I do think that's part of their issue. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they could run the ball, but it, you kind of have to have a, a, a really good pass game. That if, if not, then people are just going to bear down and load the box, kind of stop and make you one-dimensional. So a uh, tough year for Clemson so far. At, at three points, I do think Notre Dame is going to be able to pull us off. Uh, like JC said, noon, they'll come in, probably get the win and get back home for dinner. So <laughs> Get back home for dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I like hey, that. Can't, um, can't be late for dinner. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of asked us Clemson fans, I asked these two Carolina fans before this pod started, have y'all ever like actually picked against Carolina this year, like just to lose the game outright? Not not talking spread here. I know that's what we talk about a lot in this pod. And they had to think about it, and they said the only ones that they actually picked was Georgia. Every other one, they're like Cox by ninety delusion. And, and even whatever. and even then, I would say I had a I had a very eerie feeling we were going to pull the upset, right. and we were doing our damnedest. To, uh, yeah, I think y'all even picked happen. the the spread in that game, so y'all had Carolina the spread probably. But um, well, we did so check mark for that. That was back yeah. when I was winning. <laughs> yeah. So Notre Dame sitting at seven and two, Clemson four and four. Um, Clemson's lost two games in a row. First time since uh, twenty. 11, I had the stat in the last pod or something like that. No, it's 2011. 2011, yeah. So, not a good spot for us, obviously. And those were two away games, and we lost them by one score. That's how we've lost most games this year besides the Duke game. So, with that being said, I think this is going to be a one-score game. I was honestly surprised by the, the spread at first. When it first came out, it was like one point Notre Dame. And it kept going, and now it's three. I'm still kind of surprised by that because there's still like a national uh, view on Clemson just because I think they have that talent. They still have talent everywhere. Y'all said that. A lot of people say that. But somehow or other, we're still sitting here 4-4. Four four. So it's a frustrating year. And after everything, Clint, we'll get to it, about everything that happened with Dabo and Tyler and everything like that, I think that may light a fire underneath this team a little bit for who's available. Because we have injuries still. Shipley, I, I don't know if I ever went back and saw that uh, play. I did, where yeah. His head got smashed in mm. kind of deal. His head got like basically bent down to his belly button. Um, if he plays, it's a miracle. Um, Tyler Brown is still, he's questionable for Saturday with an undisclosed injury. Um, still probably not going to have Antonio Williams. Um, 
it's just it's not looking good from the offensive side. Defense pretty good. Got most people healthy. Everybody's there playing hard, playing well. But the offense is not there. And Notre Dame's been up and down on offense so far this year. Uh, but they, they're coming off of their biggest output of the season with 58 points against Pitt. Um, and the week before that they did, or they had a bye week, and then the week before that they put up 48 against USC. So this offense is rolling again a little bit. That scares me. So honestly, for is the pick, I would be dumb, honestly. If I didn't have this orange shirt on, I would be dumb to not pick Notre Dame, minus three. Because I said I thought the spread was going to be more than that. So far as the picks, I'm going to I'm gonna say Notre Dame minus three. Um, so I'm trying to win here. And that is the saddest thing I've had to say all year. <laughs> but I'm trying to be smart and try to be realistic with what we are. Because that's what I think, to get into the, the conversation with, Spart- with the Spartanburg <clears throat> Tyler guy, it's about expectations. And now that we're here, the, I have to like look at our expectations and be like, what are we right now? We're four and four. We're not going to necessarily be favored against this Notre Dame team. So I have to like take a step back and be like, okay, what are we fighting for now? We're, we're fighting to win every game. We have to be like, remember how Clemson was before. I got to be a true Clemson fan that I've been since day one. I'm not just going to get upset and tell Dabba to lead this, lead this program and we'll find somebody else because he's been there. He's been loyal. He's worked from the ground up and not, not like I'm not going to throw his resume at you like he did against Tyler, but. Um, well, yeah, it's not like you guys just, have had back to back bad. You guys won 11 games last year, or 10 games, right? So, it's not like you guys have had back to back bad years, it's literally like one. And the thing who knows how it's gonna end. I mean, yeah, the thing I think that Tyler was kind of saying, as, as a lot of Clemson fans are thinking, is just the way that he's gone about it. He's been very, very, very stubborn. Clint, you know, this with the transfer portal, he's been very stubborn about that and about he wants to do things his way. I think he even said that when he was ranting to that Tyler guy. Um, I've been doing things my way, and the AD hadn't said anything to me, so I'm going to keep my job. If you want to try to come do this job, you can come do it. So he's been very stubborn about doing it the way he wants to, and I think that's coming around to like showing, okay, it's not working like that anymore. So for this season, I'm, I'm going to go with this Notre Dame. I'm going to pick them because as far as this season goes, that's what's going to happen probably. But for next season, we'll be back. He's got to make some adjustments. He's got to do something differently. Maybe use the transfer portal. Maybe do something different. Maybe try a different offensive scheme. Maybe look other places besides Cade Klubnik because I, I said that last pod. Cade's just he's making some real dumb decisions. And a full season of that at Clemson, I understand you can hold on to somebody so young, and maybe he'll mature more, and make better decisions next year. But I mean, you don't have that long of a leash at a program like Clemson. You can't get two, three years like that. You're just going to get one good full year, and if you can't prove it, it's time to look at other 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 quarterbacks and stuff. So, man, I got a I got a really good buddy named Tyler, and he's from Spartanburg. And mm-hmm. I should have had it. I should. It wasn't him because he was getting he was getting uh, texts about that all night. But I should have had him on just for the hell of it. Dude, the funny. Clemson Marshall's already trying to sell shirts like that. Something to do with like I t- it says Tyler on it. Something like scratched out or I, I forgot what it said. But <laughs> the reason I bring it up too, I kind of want to ask this question because this isn't the first instance that Dabo's kind of called out fans. Um, you know, obviously earlier in the year he talked about maybe we should lose less. It's kind of put in perspective how well we've been so far. Do you think, and this is this is just talk here, do you think Dabo kind of wants to get out of Clemson? And I don't think he's necessarily tanking or anything. I definitely don't think he's like trying to do anything like that. It almost seems, and I'm just guessing here, it's like he, he'd be pretty willing to leave if the opportunity arises. 
And because of that, he's like, his filter is, is not, hasn't been really great in years past, but it's, it's non-existent right now, pretty much. Uh, like, how do you feel about that? Do you think like he's like kind of just like, whatever happens, happens. If I got to go, fine, I'll do it. I don't think so. I don't think he's trying to prime himself for, say, like the Alabama job. He's talked about that before or even a different job somewhere else. I don't think he's really priming himself for that. I think he just wants people to kind of be appreciative of where he's at and just like, and it's, it's kind of his fault in a way because he's built this expectation by winning so much. We almost expect that. And like I said, the one point that we just see is like the stubbornness that he just doesn't want to talk about. But I do want to say this real fast, and somebody brought this point up on a show I was watching earlier, and it's a really good point, is beyond the fact of how that radio show went down, the radio host probably should have stepped in there because that Tyler kid got like two minutes of just going at Dabo, and Dabo just sat there. And normally like on a radio show, the host would be like, all right, thank you, caller, and and kind of no, hang up yeah, on him. Dabo had to shut it down. Dabo had to shut it down, and then that, that you're already pissed off, so Dabo went at it. And I don't even think the radio announcer stopped Dabo either. So, I mean, well, there was talk- Dabo, I'll probably go back on that show, but right, there, there was talk too about like it was actually like planted, like that guy was just planted there for that for that call specifically. And I think at the beginning of the call, he talked about he was like an overseas veteran and stuff like that. So then it was like kind of tied the hands of the the radio host, like, well, I'm not going to hang up on a veteran because then I'm going to get like I look like crap. Uh, no, that's just no. a weird situation, but uh, <laughs> he did go on. To, yeah, I mean, if you want the job, me, like, apply for it. <laughs> yeah, I think he just he he really got under Dabo's skin. Like, oh, for sure. I, I see. I get why. Of course, fans are frustrated because you guys have high expectations, but that's been set because of what Dabo's done. I don't think Dabo needed to give him his whole entire resume. No one's saying Dabo's never worked hard and Dabo doesn't deserve what he's got. But for him to like. And Clint, to your point, I don't think he's like trying to prime himself for another job. I really don't think so. But I think in this moment, because and, and this is where I would side with Dabo is he's the reason they the expectations are even at the point where they can be this disappointed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we've joked about years and years and years ago where every year we're just hoping we go to the bowl game and that's it. So I think he's just kind of at a point where he's like, F it. I know what I'm capable of. I know what I've done here. And if you guys don't like it, and if the AD tells me I need to go, so be it, I'll go. And he, his hands are clean because he knows that, like, Lou, like, uh, I saw it on, I don't know if they were talking about, uh, I think it actually might have been Pat McAfee, I've referenced him a lot, but he made a good point, I think, and they were referencing in this and, and even Nick Saban and some other coaches. When you get to this level, winning's a relief and losing is just like, just like the end of the world type thing. Like they're, he's just trying to win just to like, mm-hmm. just to, just to get relief because there's so much pressure on winning every single week. Yeah. And just to push, push the pressure back to next week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is, <laughs> which is not, not the, not the ideal mindset you want to have for anybody, but some people can do it and some can't. And he's done it for a long time. But you look at guys like Saban and like, I mean, even going back to Les Miles winning nine or ten games at LSU every year wasn't enough. Mark Rick winning nine games at Georgia obviously wasn't enough. Mm. But yeah, I, I think it's valid why the fans are disappointed. I think it's valid what Dabo said. He just, I think he went a little off the rails because he only let the guy get underneath his skin. Yeah, but that wasn't just built up from those two minutes. That was built up from this whole year and probably right, the right. past three years too. So and it's really not. Well, I will say it's not his fault. The transfer portal obviously is his fault, but. He's also 
like he's not the one fumbling the ball the goal line every other play like right right he's not the one missing field goals i'm sure he's just screaming inside at every fumble missed field goal and yeah yeah, when you go through like i said in text too i you know i I don't think um one bad year justifies um as much hate as he's been getting and i i want to be clear too i don't think he's trying to leave anywhere but i do it it just feels like he's at a point now he's like screw it you want to fire me? I'll get another job. I don't care. Like if this is how I'm going to get treated after I give you a decade of incredible success <laughs> and I'm four four and y'all want, y'all want my job and questioning my salary. Okay. I'll go somewhere else and I'll win there. Yeah. And, and, and when I'm the sure guy questioned not- his salary, I was like, okay, this is like Dabo kind of has a right to go at him, but I mean, he kind of kept going yeah. for a third stanza and a fourth stanza. And I'm like, if, right. if Dabo was making 11 million a year and they hadn't like won anything crazy. Yeah. Question it. The reason he's making that much money is because the Project program has brought in, <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. program and the football team funds just about every single thing that university does. Yeah, yeah. there's a reason yeah. he gets that much money. Um, exactly, and that's and the thing. I, I think he's made. I'm sure he's made mistakes as a coach this year, but as far as like game specific things, it's not like he's had a Mario Cristobal moment or had some crazy moment where we're questioning like, why did he do that or why did he do that? No, maybe the play calling and some well, other play things, call, but, yeah, but but. But and that's got to be put on Riley and the head coach. But even to Clint's point, he's not the one fumbling at the goal line. He's not the one, you know, giving up, letting a, a free rusher come through and and clubbing to get blindsided and the ball comes out and that's how the game ends and all. That. Like so, you you've got to put some responsibility on these players. And these aren't like two star guys. These are four or five star mm-hmm. recruits that he's gone out and recruited from everywhere, from the West Coast, from yeah. Texas, from everywhere. And truthfully, my point was, I was going to say, and this kind of goes into a lot of professional athletes and how they get paid and coaches too. Like Davo's getting paid that salary now because of what he did like five years ago, winning those national championships. Right. So it's like You got to make him the highest paid guy at the point. Exactly. So it's like, an NFL, it's like an NFL running back. We always say they get like, what, four or five good years. And then it's like, when they get older, they, they don't have a whole lot, but that's when they end up getting right. paid. Like the first person that kind of feel like it flip that was Bijan this year Bijan robinson in atlanta he suddenly got like a top five salary or something like that just like they always start out at like a rookie salary and then when they actually and they had their best three four five years at the beginning of the year on that rookie salary and then they get older then they get suddenly paid it's like reverse if Dabo was getting paid that then it seems like he would get paid less now for this year so it's kind of weird well that's not how contracts go baby you win a couple natties they'll sign you to a you know whatever 11 12 year deal he's got Dude, so, watch watch Clemson go and pull the biggest transfer portal class this, this offseason. I don't know about that. I thought you were going to pull out this win. That's an odd po- possibility because everybody could be fired up and just it's yeah. at Clemson. Notre Dame's been up and down this year. So, well, I'm going to tell you now get used to mediocre seasons. If, uh, uh-uh, no. I'm, if he doesn't, <laughs> if he doesn't open the doors to the transfer portal, this is how it's going to look because while everybody else is able to fill holes, and, you know, not that they can miss in the recruiting class and still be okay. The Clemson's going to have to be absolutely perfect with their analysis of these players coming out of high school because if they miss, you're screwed. You have nobody else. You didn't go to the transporter. You, you gave yeah. no, you, you kind of handicapped yourself, tied one arm behind your back. And I, I know we've talked about that at length. I'm just saying, I hope he just, because obviously he's a, he's a great coach. He's done it. He's won. Uh, he, he does good generally hiding coordinators and, you know, getting his team ready to go win a lot of games and win championships. We've seen it. Uh, that's something I mentioned too. They, they've replaced, didn't they replace both coordinators this year? 
Yes. Yeah. Well, no. Co- uh, Divens' coordinator was two years ago. Yeah. Okay. That's so right. they're both fairly new. Recent. And yep. The office has been the issue, and that's the one you replaced this year. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we could talk about this all day, but um, just I just yeah. kind of pick your brain, see how you felt about that. Yeah, old uh, old Tyler made made the internet go crazy there for a minute. I know. So that uh, but that's like one of the, just those coaches weekly radio shows. Beamer's got one, so somebody comes in there and says some crazy stuff. We'll be hearing about that too. So mm-hmm. it'll yeah, break his other foot. Just yeah, break, yeah, probably. <clears throat> oh man! All right, let's move on. We got we got some games to get through, so let's get through these next few. Um, number sixteen, Oregon State traveling to Colorado. Oregon State's thirteen and a half point favorites. This is one of those spooky. 10 o'clock Pac-12 games, which have been absolutely, for the most part, pretty phenomenal uh, this season. The most Pac-12 games I've watched past 10 o'clock in my entire life probably put together. <laughs> so, uh, Pac-12 uh, after dark, yeah, man. Tw- Pac-12 after dark, yeah. uh, RIP uh, last season together. Yeah. Clint, who do you got in this one? Mm. I, I want to I just fade Colorado just because that's what I've been doing like all year. Um, let me... How many points is it? 13 and a half. The over-under is at 62 and a half. Mm, nah, let, let me go. Let me go Oregon State. Um, was it last week they took that tough loss? And, you know, I guess a, a good Arizona team that, that's pretty underrated this year. Uh, Colorado is in Arizona. And uh, just as, as the year goes on, we see what Colorado really is. There are a couple good players, and that's about it. Um, you, y'all see where uh, Dion came out and was like, yeah, you just gotta go get a whole new old line. Gotta go get new lineman. It's like, yeah. oh, all right, well, there you go. He's calling out each and every one of his guys on the line. But, uh, yeah, no, um, I'm gonna go Oregon State here. A little bit of a rebound game, and um, uh, I'll, I'll lay the 13 and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, Colorado lost four of the last five. Um, uh, not looking good, but we obviously saw Oregon State lose by three to Arizona. Um, and we thought Oregon State was a really, really good team. And we find out Arizona's a good team. So it wasn't too bad of a loss at Arizona by three. Um, so this one's kind of tough when it comes to that spread. That's like right on the money for me, um, where I was thinking this was going to be at 13 and a half. So I, I said this last time uh, when Oregon was playing, where was it? I think it was UCLA, maybe. And I was like, dude, this Oregon, this Oregon, Colorado team, <clears throat> they they've got too many weapons, too much talent, at least on the offensive side, to not cover. I think that's what I said that UCLA game, and they ended up covering. And I'm gonna do the same here. I think Shadur Sanders, I mean, he's still steadily throwing for crazy numbers this year: 2,600 yards, 22 touchdowns, and just three picks. Um, he'll definitely probably throw for more yards than DJ will. So. I honestly will take Colorado to cover just because the Dolphins is just a little bit too talented to not keep it close. But Oregon State will still win. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I, again, I was half joking about the, the Pac-12 after dark type thing, but look, it's, I think it's going to be a shootout, high-scoring game. Oregon State gets the win, but I think Colorado's got enough on offense to to keep it close. And yeah, if it's a throwing contest, I'm taking Shador Sanders and probably 100 other quarterbacks besides <laughs> DJ anyway. So give me, a, give me Colorado. You and, see Clint uh, kind of go, yes, yes, right after you said that? Yeah, that's fine, dude. I'm not worried about Clint. I'm worried about you, um, which is probably going to haunt me Damn, now that I said all that. Right. Yeah, he's not that far behind. <laughs> I'm probably going to go 5-15, and, and I'm going to be in third, you know, 
in a few days. So things can change drastically All at right. this point in the season. So we'll see. All right, moving on. Number 17 ranked Tennessee hosting UConn. Um, man, if this was a basketball game, I'd be really excited to watch it. Um, but I will not be watching this game. 35 and a half point spread over under is only at 54 and a half. I'm going to take Tennessee to cover. Then the offense is uh, explosive enough. Squirrel White's just going to run past all of UConn um, most of the game. And Milton will look decent and uh, he'll get a big dub there in old Tennessee. Okay. Yeah, um, sorry. I'll, I'll go ahead and just pick Tennessee. I don't have a whole lot. Uh, I have zero analysis on UConn. Um, at one and seven, though, I can't imagine they're a really great team. Uh, Tennessee actually is pretty good this year. I know we gave them a lot of slack, but uh, Milton uh, hasn't been perfect, but he's been good enough to have you know a pretty good season. They, uh, Tennessee also runs the ball really well. Yeah, give me, give me Tennessee, and I'll lay the points. You know, wow, this could be a look-ahead game um, for Tennessee a little bit. They got Missouri and Georgia coming up, so they're going to win. That's an easy – UConn's not going to pull the upset of a lifetime here. Um, The one win UConn has is at Rice, surprisingly. We saw Rice as a decent little team, Um, and they beat them 38-31. So I'm I'm first game of the year, though, wasn't it? No, it was like two, three weeks ago. Oh, never mind. Yeah, Rice uh, on the 7th of October, so just three, four weeks ago. I've never seen a UConn highlight. Uh, like oh, you saw a highlight? Season. First week oh. of the season, and I haven't seen one since. Okay. <laughs> they, they were scoring a touchdown. That's, That's the only number. highlight they have. I guess. They've had a, a couple of close games besides the Duke game. I'm talking about UConn the past five yep. weeks. So Might be it was that game. Yeah, and uh, so, and they lost 41-7 to seven there. So I mean, 32-and-a-half, is that what it is? 35-and-a-half. I'm genuinely just go. UConn. I, I, it's okay, dude. I'm gonna go UConn. There we go. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like All right, let's get back to the Pac-12. They're gonna cover by the half. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, Pac-12. Utah, ranked number eighteen, coming off a uh, a dominating loss. Well, I say dominating, <laughs> brutal loss. Yeah, they got dominated. Yeah. is what I should say. They're hosting Arizona State. Yeah. They're eleven point favorites. This is not Pac twelve after dark. This is a two PM kickoff Eastern Standard Time. Jacob, who are you leaning on this game? Uh Utah. I think it's about time for a little revenge here. Um they're gonna be pissed about what happened last week, of course. Um and Arizona State is not Oregon, I tell you that. So I'll think they'll be able to kind of do what they want to. And um I think Utah will cover the eleven points. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to overthink this. Um, I'll I'll go Utah, lay the points. Arizona State doesn't score a whole ton. Um, and Utah still has a great defense. Yeah, they lost last week, but man, it happens sometimes. Give me Utah. Look, boys, I'm going to differ. I'm going to differ on this. One. What a weirdo! Um, you just set it up like look, you weren't going to go. You know, this is in Utah, right? That's fine. Okay. So was the last game. Versus Oregon. You just said it, it's, it's a 2 p.m. game. Yeah, it's not after dark. That's all. Right, so there's no funny business. So what time is well, that their time? They're in mountain time, so it's 12. So it's a noon game for them? Give or take, yeah. Well, but Arizona know. State beat, they beat Washington State. They only lost by eight to Washington. This isn't a bad team. Utah's what about the other really six good. games? What about it? They, <laughs> they should have beat USC. They lost by two touchdowns. Whatever. 
No, I, I'm going to stop you. Go ahead. Arizona State, you got them. They beat Southern Utah by a field goal. So that they're, this is the second Utah team they're going to beat. Not going to beat them. Just kidding. But they're going to cover the spread. 11 points, too much for Utah. They got a good defense. They're not going to cover this one, though. Sorry about it, boys. Um, we're going to stick with the Pac-12 and another Arizona team, UCLA, ranked number 19, traveling to Arizona. This is Pac-12 after dark. This is 1030. I'm sticking with my Arizona picks. I've, I'm a believer in Fafita. He's going to be in the Heisman race next year. Not this oh, year, okay. but next yeah. year, he's going to be in the Heisman race. It's a three-point spread UCLA's way. Give me Arizona to cover that. I think they pull it upset. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning your direction too. Um, super late game for us at least. And uh, <clears throat> wow, yeah. I'm going to take, yeah, Arizona here. Um, only three points. Good boy. <laughs> Good point, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, pats on the back. Pats on the back. That's a good pick. Y'all both went Arizona. We did. Sir. Come on, mm. come on board. Come on board. You don't believe in UCLA, dude. You I don't. do in their defense. Defense. I mean, that's about all I believe in. But yeah, uh, it's at Arizona. Pack yep. twelve after dark. You carry the one. <laughs> what direction is the wind coming from? That's something. South southwest. Oh shit, dude! That's that's UCLA right there, baby. Let's go. Cumulonimbus clouds. <laughs> I mean, those are the, those are the big fluffy ones. I I want to go against you guys, but I I can't. But I, I like Arizona. We we talked about them all year. It's sneaky good team, a little underrated. Uh, yeah, let's 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 go Arizona. Fafita. Now that I can't stop saying his name, I like it. I'm gonna call him Fajita Fafita because he just heats up these teams. Cooks Fajita. Fajita. <laughs> <laughs> they were yeah. faded. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that on a t-shirt, Tyler. All right. Number 21, Kansas, traveling to Iowa State, coming off a big win over the Sooners, helping me out ever so slightly. Oh, this is actually surprising. I thought uh, I thought I read it wrong. Iowa State's two and a half point favorites. That was the most um, surprising one I had to type out. Yep. Yeah, Kansas is going to win this game. Iowa State does have a decent team, um, but Which Kansas surprising. is not going not gonna to let that momentum... Uh, Stop them here. So give me, give me Kansas, the Jayhawks, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Actually, damn it. You know what? I just, it might have been basketball related, but I just saw a thing where Urban Meyer was like cheering for the Jayhawks and he was like on the court or something. And I don't like that because Urban Meyer's nothing but bad news and mm. I don't like him. But I'm going to pretend like I didn't see that. And for this game, we pick Kansas. Now, if I lose this asterisk, Urban Meyer's fault. We all agree on that? Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Really? You guys never give me an asterisk. Thanks, Meyer. Let's go. All right. Thanks, Obama. Hell yeah. So pick, yeah. Pick Kansas. I'll get an asterisk this time. It's an easy win. Yeah, I'm going to You bet $5, you win $5. I'm actually, we talked about Iowa State and the issues they've had all year, but it sounds like they were able to kind of overcome some of that and put together a somewhat respectable season. Uh, Shout out to them and what they're able to do with not a lot of players or at least a lot of players they expected to have going into the year um right. yeah give me give me kansas and, and as they're the underdog as well catching two and a half points I'll, I'll go kansas okay i'm still here trying to read about Jalen daniels and see if he's ever gonna play again he, he just basically is dealing with back tightness and it's just like a day-to-day thing is what That's, um, I, I think he's transferring dude I saw some Twitter rumors. <clears throat> yeah, that's what the the coach Lance Leopold was kind of addressing yesterday. Um, and 
not much has come of it. So maybe he will transfer. So I guess this is the Jason Bean show again, um, which he plays pretty pretty good. So I, yeah, I if you're gonna give me Kansas in the plus points, like I, I gotta take him. I was expecting this to be like a Kansas plus or minus three or four or five or somewhere around there. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take Kansas here. There we go. Moving on, we got two more games. Well, two more games in the top twenty-five left. We got one more. We'll we'll talk about briefly. Number twenty-four, Tulane traveling to East Carolina. East Carolina's one and seven. Um, just from glancing at Tulane's schedule, the last two weeks, I, I believe they're zero and two against the spread. Um, if I remember those correctly, two decently close games. They uh, they're seventeen-point favorites traveling to East Carolina. East Carolina's had a good football program the last few years, and South Carolina's played them. They were. I think they were in the Atlantic Conference making some runs. This year is not one of those years, but just some telling me that that they're going to uh, they're going to cover their seventeen. It makes no sense seven and one versus one and seven. But uh, sometimes you got to trust your gut. No asterisk on this one, boys. But give me East Carolina to cover the seventeen. Okay. Well, I'm gonna go the opposite. Clint, you're probably gonna follow right behind, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going the opposite. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Tulane. Yeah, Tulane here. You're an opposite of Jacob, so same as me. No. no, I'm going opposite of you, same as Jake. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. dude, uh, East Carolina is literally at the bottom of the AAC right now, so uh, I'm going to have to put my, put my chips on Tulane this game. Yep. Don't worry about it. We'll be all right. We'll be all right. Go Pirates. You, you can't, you can't uh, pick against the Pirates, but anyway. Oh, that's actually, this is actually a good matchup. We're talking mascots. We got Waves. We got the Water versus Pirates. It's been something going on for centuries now, so. We'll see what Gavin. I'll be actually very interested to see what Gavin picks in that one. And I need you if, if you're able to explain. Do you tell Gavin way. the uh, the point spread at all, or you just literally he can't even just for the hell of he it? He can understand it, but he'll never like account for it. So I just so you don't tell him. No, he I say which Why team do you he? like more? Yeah, he's doing he picks, better yeah. without it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know. Like Dad, you picked the spread, and I picked better than you. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you're, <laughs> I'm beating you. Why would I? Why would I bet against <laughs> the spread? I'm beating you. Yeah, it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Speaking of broke, no offense, America. Well, I can't even, I don't have to say that because I'm still going to go with America. Army coming off. Did LSU play him last week? Was that the Army, Army LSU game? Or was that the week before? Uh, Yes, it was. uh, Was it? Yeah. Yeah, You got me second guessing. I think it was because LSU actually shellacked. Well, well, so that's the thing. I appreciate you guys. All right. Uh Two weeks ago. I appreciate LSU painting the end zones. Camouflage. Jacob made a good point. Army didn't even get into the said camouflage end zones. I don't think they're going to get into whatever color end zones they are. It doesn't matter what color they are. Give me Air Force and the Falcons to fly high, beat Army. The spread's 18 and a half, by the way, if I didn't tell you. Um, but yeah, give me Air Force. Easy. This is not even a question. Sorry, Army. Sorry about it. Unless you guys got some Green Berets plan, give me the, uh, the Falcons. Actually, I guess there actually might be Green Berets plans. Never mind. That's a bad take. Give me Air Force. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You slipped uh, a coffee in there or something? You had a lot of energy the past couple of days. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a windy road, but we got there eventually. I uh, <laughs> Take me on a road just a little bit. <laughs> I want to sing Zach Bryan for you guys. <laughs> no, hey, listen, I'm here for it. Um, yeah, the, obviously I'm going Air Force here. Army is doo-doo butter this year. Um, the I know it's kind of scary too, the 18, but listen, Air Force can score some points. They've scored 42, they've scored 39, they scored 45, 49, 34. Air, uh, Air Force can score, so uh, I'm not too too worried about this. Give me give me Air Force. I'll lay the, the big spread. Which is wild saying that because they don't throw the ball much. They are a true running. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they run the triple option, right? So um, that 
Love that, it. That's awesome. Yeah. So all four Air Force here. Um, I kind of think they were disrespected just a little bit in the college football playoff rankings. I know, Clint, you said earlier that you don't think they were because they haven't played anybody. And I get it. But like, come on. This, it's the Air Force, man. You can't disrespect America like that. Yeah, I think their toughest game they played for other years is Wyoming. And that's not saying a whole lot. So, yeah. Um, and I think Wyoming beat Texas Tech, though. Okay, it's Texas Tech. <laughs> Super good. <laughs> uh, that's the team that almost beat Oregon. I was trying to think of. I knew they were wearing red. It wasn't Utah. Yeah, that was like the second week, I believe. Um, yeah. And speaking of quickly, I meant to bring this up during the uh, when we talked about the rankings at the beginning, but since we're talking about an undefeated Air Force, um, undefeated James Madison, they got left out. Y'all heard that they're ineligible, right? They're ineligible for oh, what? Oh, yeah, because they, uh, cause they, this is like their first year in the FCS, or in the FBS, FBS. and yeah. they, for some reason, make you not eligible, which makes no sense because more likely, like, you're not going to be a top program. Why? Yeah, why is that a rule? I feel like that would it's be the right. truth for the opposite. Like, if you went FBS, uh, FBS to FCS. Right, right. Uh, uh, the FCS. You guys are not eligible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you got to wait a year or two. Oh, that's yeah. weird. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, let's be honest. It's JMU. I mean, did you really want to see him in the playoff playing against freaking Michigan? No, but I want to see so. him ranked like 18th or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's where they were in the AP, I believe. Somewhere around no, in there. They were. They, they had jumped. Yeah. All right. Not for the big one. Not really. Jacksonville State. They're the Gamecocks. Uh, unfortunately, uh, last week, they were playing like a two, they were playing on a Wednesday night, and I just kept seeing highlights. And they looked pretty good, but they're 7-2. and two. They're traveling to South Carolina. South Carolina is uh, 16 and a half point favorites. Um, I think we will cover that. Um, I think we have to, for our own sake. Um, we're still beat up on the O line. We'll see what happens, but we got we got to get on top of this early. We can't even let there even be an inkling that this team, and by this team I mean Jacksonville State, can even pull this upset, or we're gonna give them life all game. So early and often, whatever we have to do, pull out all the stops, go for it on every fourth down, fake every punt. I don't care. Just be up by twenty at halftime, and let's just get a dub and let's get out of there and let's prep for Vandy. Um, the fall. That's all I gotta say on that. Prep for Vandy. Hey. We, prep for, we, prep, we prep for every team the same, okay? Which obviously hasn't been working. We need to change it up. Maybe, okay. maybe if um, maybe if Shane Bieber made eleven million a year, we wouldn't have to prep for Vandy. I don't know. You worry about Lou Holtz. That's what you got to worry about. <laughs> Listen, I, hey, I was surprised to you that the spread is sixteen and a half, JC. Be honest, it was fi- it was fifteen. Uh, yeah, kind of, especially because Jacksonville State's seven and two. Yeah, I'm a little. Surprised. I thought it'd be like twelve. Like, cause we we have a lot of issues. And and we're broke. Even outside of being broke, that we had issues. Um, obviously, I'm gonna go South Carolina. I'll lay the points. Uh, hey, listen, yeah, I'm I'm not worried about losing the game. I think it's a good opportunity to have some of the young guys that you have to play. Um, give them a full game to to get some more experience. That we got some young studs that that could use some some reps on on the field with some actual teams that are gonna want to smack them in the face. So. Um, yeah, let's see these young dudes ball out and uh, get a big win. Maybe we see um, old Sellers get maybe a, a half a football to throw. See, throw now that's rock. what I like because I, yeah. I think he's going to score some points too if he does it. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. I'll lay him. Yeah. I'm, you got, that's just, I'm going to say the same. I don't know the first thing about Jackson, Jacksonville State or Jackson. Yeah, it's Jacksonville State. Yeah. Um, 
I see that they've had a different quarterback leading the passing yards per game almost. Webb and Smothers is going back and forth. So I don't even know if they have a legit quarterback or not. Um, His name is Smothers? Yeah. Something that's Webb and something Smothers. To, that's good for a broadcast. Yeah, Zion the Webb. D-line Smother and Smothers. Were, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be used a lot. Hopefully. Logan Smothers, yep. So they've kind of gone back and forth between different two different quarterbacks. So that will probably work to y'all's advantage, I would think. Um, and this team did lose to Coastal as well. And Coastal's kind of had a, a down year as well. And they lost to Liberty, and Liberty's undefeated. So I think y'all handle them and cover the 16 and a half. I like it. All right, real quick, and we'll wrap this up. The only reason I'm even talking about this is because, well, Two reasons. One, we have to, and two, it's at really Field. Uh, Iowa at Northwestern. Iowa's five-point favorites. This was going to happen. Old Buddy's going to take a punt back. It's going to count. And that's the only reason they cover their spread. But they do not score 20 points. Give me Iowa 17-6. 17-6. Okay. Uh, I, need yeah, your, I, I, need your, I need your score. Oh, we're doing this again? Okay. Um, don't overthink it. I am going to overthink it. Uh, this Northwestern team took Minnesota to overtime, and they put up twenty-seven on uh, or thirty-three. I'm sorry, on Maryland's defense last last week. So there you go. Maybe they win. They can kind of score. Um, I'm gonna say twenty-three to twenty Northwestern. Oh Ooh. shoot, Clint, you got. I'm gonna take uh. I kind of want to follow Jacob there, man. I kind of want to take Northwestern. I don't Dude, know I think if it's... since they announced that the the coordinator is not coming back, it's just chaos. They did announce that he is not coming back and that they officially suck. Um, yeah, because Northwestern so, yeah. beat Minnesota and they just Iowa lost to Minnesota last week or two weeks Correct. ago. Correct. Northwestern so, also has a lot of problems going on too. But we won't dive into that. What's crazy is sure. Iowa still has a chance to to win the West in the Big Ten. If uh, yeah, they probably will, Minnesota could drop one or two or whatever. Um, let me go. Let me go Northwestern. Let me go twenty to ten. <laughs> wow, isn't the uh, isn't this the lowest spread like of all time? It was. It jumped back up. I actually, oh, put it thirty and back a half. up to thirty and a half. Yeah. Well, oh, and I drill it. Right so there, you guys. Well, so. Clint, you're under it by a half point. Jacob, you're over it, and I'm well under it. Um, what was your as score, Jason? Iowa game, seventeen six Iowa. Don't know why. That's just popped in my head. Always hammer the under for the Iowa games. Fair enough. Hey. Speaking of over unders, did y'all see? We kind of glanced right over. Did you see the over under for the Washington USC game? Is it seventy? Seventy six and a half. Oh, I was joking. <laughs> All these other overrunners like 50, max 60, and it's like, bam, there's that one, 76 and a half. I mean, it probably should be. Yeah, should be. Washington might score that themselves, actually. <laughs> 70, they might drop yeah. 60 on, that on defense, yeah. I hope they drop 60 on them. That's possible. I really nice. do. It'd be awesome yeah, to see Penix throw like 600 yards. Just go absolutely dumb. Yeah, I would uh, I would love that. Well, look, we got, we got big games this weekend. Jacob, you got a real big one. Um, my goal is to get Dr. Lou Holtz on Sunday. Um, I'll work on that um, so we can get a reaction one way or the other. And because oh, uh, you might feel a certain way about Lou Holtz now, and you might feel a certain way about him after the game. So I would like to get your raw emotion and take on that and to get him on here um, would be beneficial to our parties. And, uh, you know, this is just to entertain the people and myself. Fair enough. So 
Clint, any uh, any uh, parting words this week as the Gamecocks take on the Gamecocks? So either way, we can't. It's like a spring game for us, right? We yeah, can't really I could scream "Go Cox" and be right either way. Um, there we go. Listen, not there we go. Uh, I'm I'm dead inside, so it's okay. <laughs> Whatever happens, happens. I'm I'm a faithful fan. I'll be here for the long haul. So, um, but I really do hope we win by like 35, 40 points. We'll see. That would be good for the old confidence, Jacob. Parting words um, before your Tigers take on one of the most daunting teams they played this year, besides Duke. Just don't fumble. Please, God, just limit the turnovers for once. I'd rather lose in a a proper way than that. That's all I got to say. There you go. I like it. All right, boys. No fumbles. And four four missed field goals. (laughs) God, Um, we'll make we'll we'll probably make four field goals. That'll be our highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing we'll score. All right, boys. Big weekend ahead. We'll see you guys soon. Deuces. See you.